Glory to God. Turn with me tonight to the book of Psalms, chapter 20. The book of Psalms, chapter 20. And our text tonight is found in verse number 1 through 9. And it reads like this. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. Everybody say trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. We will rejoice in your salvation. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. Save, Lord. May the king answer us when we call. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you tonight for your goodness, for your greatness, for your grace. And Father, I pray, God, that wherever we find ourselves at tonight, that you would speak to us, that you would embrace us, that you would pour out your love upon us. And Father, in spite of all the hurts, God, I pray that we all know that you have help for all of us that are represented tonight. Father, I pray that you would ignite a passion, a fire, a desire to serve you like never before. Father, let us know that you have help for the hurting here tonight, whether it's spiritual hurting whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, whether it's financial, whether it's marital, whatever it may be, you have help for the hurting here tonight. And we ask that you have your way in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. The title of my message briefly tonight is Help for the Hurting. Help for the Hurting. And like I said in my prayer, you may be okay in one aspect of your life or another, but I believe there's more than enough pain to go around in this place. If you look, the Bible says that the eye is the window of the soul. And if you look into the eyes of some of us here tonight, you can see the pain is evident. How many guys know what I'm talking about? You may say, well, I'm doing okay. I have a roof over my head. You know, I got, you know, I got a job. My car's okay. And, you know, everything's okay. And the kids are behaving. But what about spiritually speaking? I believe without a doubt that there's enough pain to go around in this place. And it's evident enough that we need help here tonight. How many can say amen? amen? See, when trouble comes your way, to whom do you run to bail you out? I know before Christ, how many guys ever been out on bail? Tell the truth. Who's out on bail here tonight? Amen. Anybody still out on bail? But no matter what, there was times previous before our relationship with the Lord when we found ourselves stuck between a rock and a hard place, we would call the bail, bond, uh, the bail bondsmen to come and bail us out. But how many guys know, spiritually speaking, we have somebody greater. We have somebody that's, that's always going to be there for us. We have somebody that's available, somebody that will show up right on time, and he'll bail us out every time when we cry out with a sincere heart. Whom do you call or where do you run when you need, you know, uh, you find yourself between that rock and that hard place when you have overwhelming needs? Who do you seek out to meet those needs when you just can't do it yourself and you need someone to give you a helping hand to make it through? 
How many guys know the person next to you is not always going to be able to save you? How many guys know they can love you to death, literally, but there's only one that will be able to meet every need of your life, and that's Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody get excited. See, sometimes we put too much confidence and dependence on the people next to us, the people around us, on our relationship, on our spouse, on our kids or our grandkids. But I'm here to tell you there's only one that will stick closer to, closer than a brother, and his name is Jesus, and he'll be there no matter what, even when we don't want him to be there. See, you may feel like, uh, like there is no way you can run. There's nowhere you could run, but, but I've got good news. There is one you could run to for refuge. And in spite of the storms that you may find yourself in, there's one who will hear when you call for help, one who will hold your hand, and he'll see you through. In spite of what's coming against you, there's one that will never let you go. And he has more than enough help for the hurting. His help doesn't run out, right? His supply does not run thin. He has more. He's more sufficient. He's sufficient enough. How many can say amen? amen. But we got to make sure that our trust, our confidence, our dependence, everything that we are, it has to be in God. See, once we begin to put our dependence, our trust, our confidence, when we begin to lose sight of the fact that God is the one that we have to rely upon, that God is the one that will never fail us. When we lose sight of the fact of that, I'm here to tell you that we're going to, before you know it, we're going to hit a wall, we're going to fall, we're going to stumble, and we're going to be hurt, and we're going to act like, what happened? What happened is we forgot that only God has sufficient enough help for the hurting. How many can say amen? amen. So what do we need tonight? There's a couple of things. The first one is, is God is able to help he has help for those that are in trouble. Anybody in trouble here tonight? Anybody facing some troubling circumstances? Anybody facing, you know, anybody, you know, ever gone through anything in your life before? Anybody ever been hurt before? Anybody ever been lied to before? Anybody ever been stabbed before? Come on, has anybody ever been done wrong before? Right? Has anybody ever uh, thrown stones at you before? Right? Anybody ever been in trouble? I say it and I say it often that when I use that word trouble, some of us, that used to literally be our nickname. Right? How many guys know what I'm talking about? Some of us, we, 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 we just, you know, couldn't avoid trouble. They say that, you know, we looked for trouble. They say that we try to run away from trouble, but it just seems like no matter what, trouble always seems to find us. Right? Is that you tonight? If that's you, say praise the Lord. In the book of Job, chapter 5 and verse number 7, it reads, Yet man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. Just as sure and confident as sparks will always fly upward, that's the same thing as far as trouble seems to find us. See, if you could kick the person responsible for most of your troubles in the backside, you wouldn't be able to sit down for two weeks. Some of you are hurting tonight, Amen. Some of you, your behind is just a little bit bruised tonight. Some of you have been kicking yourselves way too long, right? Because we bring sometimes all the trouble our way. We're responsible for our trouble. Sometimes they say, you know what, man, the devil made me do it. The devil didn't make us do it. We chose to do it, 
right? And we choose to kick ourselves, right? We choose to constantly just seem to just fall into trouble. In the book of Job 14 in verse number one, it says, man who is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. See, trouble as used in the Bible means distress or adversity, distress, adversity. Are you facing adverse circumstances here tonight? Are, are, are you in distress tonight? Or do you have the joy of the Lord? Do you have, you know, authentic joy here tonight? That no matter what comes your way, no matter what you're going through, no matter the odds against you, you're still able to tap into the joy of the Lord because it's an inside job. Right? You can say, I'm going through it financially, but I still got the joy of the Lord. I'm going through it in my marriage, but I still got the joy of the Lord. I'm going through it with my kids. They gone wild, but I still got the joy of the Lord. No matter what, it's not dependent on my circumstances. Sometimes, how many of you guys know that life will throw us a curveball? And you find yourself face to face with insurmountable problems or crises. At one time or another, we're all going to face giants in our lives. Giants that come as unconquerable and insurmountable problems. Those Goliaths in our lives. Even if we do try to surmount these obstacles, we quickly seem to face other giants. Like the old saying goes, you slay one giant, guess what? Two or three more resurrect. You say, man, I've been facing the same giant. For years, for decades, whatever it may be, pride, whatever it may be, lack of character, whatever it may be, lust, whatever it may be, sin. We could face these giants and we name these giants, but it's about time that we slay those giants and we face some brand new giants because they're still going to rise up against us. We're just going to be giant slayers until we get to heaven. You defeat one giant, two or three seem to come against you. See, at one time or another, we're going to face those giants. Someone has said inside every large problem is a series of small problems struggling to get out. Defeating one giant often only unleashes a whole bunch of other giants. When these giants come, the first place we often run to is our family or our friends. And how many guys know that that's okay to a certain extent? But if you want to get ultimate victory, you need to learn to run to the Lord. Because God is the one that will empower you to slay those giants that come against you. We need God. How many can say amen? amen? I don't think you heard me. How many guys really need God? Amen. We need God. When these giants come, we have to realize that we need to run to the Lord. We need to continue to seek the Lord for refuge. The help of man is at best limited. The help of the person next to you, I don't care how much they say they love you, is at best limited. The help of your spouse is at best limited. The help of your parents or your children are at best limited. The help of your director or your pastor is at best limited. Oh, but the help of the Lord, there is no shortage. He has more than enough to supply us the help we need. The help of man is at best limited. In the book of Psalms, chapter 60, 
In verse number 11, it reads like this. Give us help from trouble. Anybody need help from trouble tonight? Give us help from trouble, for the help of man is useless. Psalm 6011. Give us help from trouble, for the help of man is useless. From a human standpoint, there is no solution for the problems in the world today. In Isaiah chapter 31 and verse number 1, it reads, Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help and stay on horses and trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong. But they look not unto the Holy One of Israel, neither seek the Lord. See, we can try to get help from all these other organizations, all the other people that are within our realm of influence. But it's all for naught when it's all said and done at the end of the day. The only one that has a sufficient enough to offer the help that we really need, the spiritual help, the, the, the power of God. The only one that could do that is the Lord himself. We have to learn to trust in the Lord. How many of you can say amen? In the book of Psalms 46 in verse number, number one, it says, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. A very present help. So in other words, no matter what you're facing tonight, no matter what the odds are against you, the obstacles that you're going through, I'm here to tell you that the Lord is present in the midst of those troubles. See, but sometimes we don't want the Lord's help. We want to do it our way. And we even, without saying it, but our actions speak louder than our words, that, you know what, even God... It's my way, God, or it's the highway. And when we live our lives like that, I'm here to tell you that we're going to, before you know it, we're going to run into that wall. We're going to crash. And I just hope we don't burn. We have to humble ourselves and we have to realize that, you know what, my life is messed up without God. And nothing I do is going to be a blessing without God. I want God's full blessing upon my life. And the only way I'm going to get it is if I continue to go to him. Often we wonder why God allows the storms to enter our life. But as Erwin Lutzer has said, God often puts us in situations that are too much for us so that we'll learn that no situation is too much for him. See, you may be in a position or a predicament here tonight where it's too much for you. But no matter how great the odds, the obstacles, the situation, it's still nothing. All of our problems combined together, it still doesn't scratch the surface. It's nothing for God. God is able to see you through. God is able to change your situation. God is able to deliver you, to set you free, to save you, to empower you, and to raise you up and use you. God still is able to do something great in your life. In the book of Psalms 107 and verse number 28, it says, Then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brings them out of their distresses. See, you want God to bring you out of your distress? You better cry out to him. Come on, somebody say it. Cry out to him. Come on, say it like you mean it. Cry out to him. If you want God to deliver you in your distress, you better learn to cry out to him. Stop crying out to the person next to you. They can't help you. All they could do is tell everybody else your business. You know, that you think they're helping you, they're hurting you. The only one that's going to be able to help you ultimately is God Almighty. Somebody say praise the Lord. And I used this before, but I, I, I'm going to use it again. In order to realize the worth of the anchor, we need to feel the stress 
of the storm? How strong is the anchor that is connected to you? How strong is your anchor? Because my anchor is strong. My anchor is strong in spite of the storms, the hurricanes, and anything, anything else that comes my way. I'm still going to stand strong. I'm still going to be steadfast. I'm still going to be resilient. You know what the definition of resilience is? It's the ability to bounce back. Some of us need a little spirit of resilience. Yeah, you fell. Yeah, you stumbled. It's about time we learn to bounce back. Right? You can't keep a good man or a good woman down for long. Yes, take the nine count, but get back up and start fighting again. The fight is not over. There's still at least one more round in you. And it's about time that you tap into it and be resilient here tonight. In the book of Psalms, chapter 9 and verse number 9, it says, The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And we know 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there is no temptation. In other words, testing. Taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted beyond that you are able. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape. That you may be able to bear it. See, that verse right there tells us that no matter what comes our way, God always has a way of escape. See, you don't have to give in to that temptation. You don't have to give in to that trouble, to that testing, to that trial. You don't have to bow down and tap. There's a way of escape if you refocus and you begin to look for the Lord. He'll provide that way of escape if you really want it, though. See, sometimes we don't want that way of escape. We want our way. Like, oh, help us, Lord. Somebody say, ouch. See, this could be used as emergency exit. But it's only going to be an emergency exit if you walk through it. Right? Sometimes we want to be right where we're at. Talking about, oh, man, I don't know what. We know what happened. We didn't take the way of escape. We chose to do it our way. I don't know about you, but I've only lasted 20 years, and I'm going to last another 20 years if I keep looking for the way of escape. I'm not going to be like the normal believer and say, well, I'm just going to give into it. It's normal. Yes, it's normal to be tempted, but it's not normal to give into it because God will provide a way of escape. There is no temptation. In other words, testing that is taking you, but such as is common to man. Everybody say common. You think you're the only one that gets tested? You think you're the only one that goes through it? You don't think the devil wants to chop the head off? I'm the under shepherd of this church. He's after me every second of my life. And sometimes he uses some of you guys. Somebody say, ouch. But you know what? God always provides a way of escape. I'm not going to take the bait. Huh? I'm not going to take a bait. I'm not a fish. I'm a fisher of men. I'm not about to nibble on the bait. I'm not going to get hooked on the bait. But I'm going to look for the way out. Everybody say way out. Help for those in trouble. Number two is help for those in need. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 16. It says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I don't know about you. I need the grace of God every day. I need the mercy of God every day. Mercy and grace is not getting what we really deserve. I, I thank God that I don't get what I really deserve. You ought to thank God you don't get what you really deserve. See, need refers to lacking the necessities of life. To be in want. 
And I know that there's no lack of needs represented in this place tonight. There's all kinds of different needs that we have. But I'm here to tell you that God is able, Jesus is able to help those in time of need. How many can say amen? In the book of Luke 15, verse number 14 and 16, it reads, And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him to his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. See, this individual was in need, and he ended up doing what was considered to be unclean, or you would never see happen in that time, in that era. And sometimes we find ourselves in predicaments where we never thought we would be in the predicaments that we find ourselves in at times. I'm here to tell you there's no, too, there's no need that is too great for God, though. God is able to show up for you. God is able to supply that need. God is able to make a way of escape. God is able to deliver you. God is able to do something in your life if you realize that you're in need here tonight. In the book of Psalms 72 and verse number 12, it says, For he will deliver the needy when he cries, the poor also, and him who has no helper. He's able to deliver us here tonight. He's able to provide for us tonight. He's able, if we're willing to humble ourselves and cry out to him, if we're able to realize how poor and needy we really are, and not poor necessarily financially, but poor in spirit, poor spiritually tonight, we need the power of God. See, few of us know the severe poverty, poverty, that is a desperate problem throughout the world. Among the 4.4 billion people who live in developing countries, three-fifths have no access to basic sanitation. Almost one-third are without safe drinking water. One-quarter lack adequate housing. One-fifth live beyond reach of modern health services. One-fifth of the children do not get as far as grade five in school. And one-fifth are undernourished while most of us may not be impoverished many of us still have needs while we may not be financially destitute many are going through extreme financial difficulties some are faced with emotional or marital difficulties many children are in need of compassion and understanding some families are in want of stability and cohesiveness See, we can never use the language of the Laodicean church and say, we have need of nothing. Our needs are great, but the Lord's resources are inexhaustible. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 19, it reads, but my God shall supply. Everybody say all. Come on, say all. All your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He's able to supply all your needs here tonight. Right? All your needs, no matter what they may be here this evening. He's able to supply your needs. You need a breakthrough, he's able to supply that breakthrough. You need healing, he's able to provide that healing. You need strength, he's able to provide that strength. 
You need that resilient spirit. He's able to provide that tonight. You need to be delivered, set free. You need to be forgiven. He's able to provide all of that. But what do we do after he provides it is up to us. Do we go back to it? Do we continue to, to try to say it's okay? It's a thing to do? Or do we say, you know what? God is able to supply all my needs. All of them. Help for those in need. And lastly, help for those without strength. In Proverbs 24 and verse number 10, it reads, If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. See, there are times in life when life can seem overwhelming. You may even feel like your life is a journey on a restless and troubled sea. You need help to make it through another day, but feel like you're all helpless and all alone. I have good news for you here tonight. There is help for everything you're going through. Even though you feel like you can't take another step, you may still have to walk the valley of the shadow of death, but you don't have to walk it alone on your own strength. When Asa was king of Judah, an Ethiopian named Zerah attacked Judah with an army of like 100,000 to a million warriors and 300 chariots, outnumbered and without the military strength needed to defend themselves, rather than frantically looking to others for deliverance, Asa leaned on the Lord. In Second Chronicles 14 and verse number 11, we read about that story. And it says, And Asa cried unto the Lord his God, and said, Lord, it is nothing with, with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee, and in thy name we go against this multitude. O Lord, thou art our God. Let not man prevail against thee. And we, 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 we have to realize that no matter what the odds are against you and no matter the circumstances, like I've been saying here tonight, that it's still, you may be outnumbered tonight, but it's still, you're never outnumbered because if you have the Lord with you, if you have God on your side, if your trust, your dependence, your reliance, your confidence is in God here tonight, I'm here to tell you that the odds aren't against you. The odds are with you. And God can see you through. And he'll show up if you trust in him. In the book of Psalms 28 and verse number 7, it says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices and with my song will I praise him. See, when you trust and your heart trusts in the Lord and you realize that he's not only your strength, but he's your shield. You're able to rejoice because you know that he's going to help you. See, God delights in giving strength to those who are weak and those that will run to him. In Isaiah 40 and verse number 29, it reads, he gives power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increases strength. See, all of God's giants have been weak men. Hudson Taylor, founder of the China Inland Mission, knew the secret of strength through weakness. He complimented once by a friend, or he was complimented once by a friend, on the impact of his mission. Hudson answered, it seemed to me that God looked over the whole world to find a man who was weak enough to do his work. And when he at least or at last found me, 
He said, he is weak enough. He'll do. See, I'm here to tell you that all God's giants have been weak men who did great things for God because they counted on him being with them. And we know Isaiah 40 and verse number 31, but, the, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. See, man's greatest weakness is spiritual. Is spiritual. All of our greatest weaknesses in here is spiritual. Spiritual. In the book of Romans chapter 5 and verse number 6, it says, for when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. See, as sinners, the Bible, it declares that we are without strength. We're without strength. And that without strength like I'm using, this carries the idea of being powerless. All of us are powerless here tonight. All of us, all of us that are represented in this place, we're powerless. And if we're not connected to the power source, we're not going to last long. We need to be plugged in to the power of God. We need to get plugged back into that power source. He has sufficient enough power where there's no limit on his power. He's unlimited in regards to his power is concerned. And we're weak when we're not connected to him. How many can say amen? So it speaks of people who are utterly helpless with no means of escape. The idea is that that word powerless is that the lost sinner stands before God with absolutely no ability to change what he is. We are powerless to escape sin, to escape death, to resist the devil, to please God in any way. The whole essence of this statement is that man is unable to change his sinful nature by his own efforts. He is totally without strength and weakened by his sins. I'm here to tell you that the reason why we give in, the reason why we cave in, the reason why we don't take the escape door, the emergency exit, is because when we're not connected to the power, we think we could do it in our own strength. And because we serve God for a little while, we think that we got this. We're okay now. That we know enough verses to quote. That we know the, 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 you know, the slogans and we know, you know, all the fine, fancy lingo of Christianity. We know when to say praise the Lord, preach it, amen, somebody. We know when to force a tear out. We know when to come lay at the altar right here. But I'm here to tell you that we need to still be connected and realize when we're not tapped into the power of God, it's just a matter of time before we give in. In the book of John, chapter 1 and verse number 12, it says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. He has help for those that are without strength here tonight. Why don't we all stand? Help for the hurting. You may say, I'm not, I'm okay, I'm not hurting. I'm not hurting. I'm good. I'm good. Everything is, you know, hunky dory, peachy cream, fine and dandy. I'm good. Well, I'm here to tell you tonight that if Jesus were to walk in this place here tonight, how good would you really be? If Jesus were to show up tonight 
to take his church back home, how good would you really be? I don't know about you, but I need God every second of my life. I need God every day of my life. And because I know that and I realize that and I live my life like that, that's why I'm able to last as long as I've been lasting. And, and I don't use, you know, I, I'm bragging about Jesus because I didn't keep myself. He kept me even when I didn't want to be kept. See, when you're connected to that power source, man, you could want to give up, but he won't let you give up. It's when you disconnect that power that eventually your spiritual battery begins to die. Just like this iPad right here. This, these iPads got long battery lives. But this iPad right now is at 28% battery life. And if I were to preach for a little bit more longer, I don't know how long that 28% would last. But if it doesn't get plugged back into that power source, that iPad would die here tonight. And some of us, we have to ask ourselves, how much battery life, spiritually speaking, do we have left? How long have we been disconnected from the power? Do we need help here tonight? Are we hurting here tonight? What kind of help do you need here tonight? Because there's help for the hurting and that help ultimately only comes from God. Don't let the person next to you, the person in front of you, the person behind you. Don't let them fool you as if they're able to help you with all your needs. No. My wife, I don't know, she loves me to death and I love her to death. But even in that, she can't help me with all my needs. There's only one that could help me with every need that I have, and that's God. That's God. Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord some praise. Don't let, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your leaders, whether it's your director, whether it's, you know, the person next to you, don't let those individuals, don't let your full dependence and your confidence and your trust and all thinking that all your needs are going to be provided by them because you're setting yourself up for failure the only one that is able and adequate enough adequate enough <laughs> we don't even scratch the surface <laughs> we're in for a rude awakening if we think that there's only one that is able to provide all our needs here tonight there's only one that is able to stick closer than a brother. There's only one that is able to continuously meet our needs. And that's Jesus Christ. That's Jesus Christ. When we lose sight of the fact that Jesus died for us, not the person next to you, not me, not your leaders, not your spouse, not your kids, your grandkids, grandparents, parents. The only one that died for you is Jesus Christ. And we need to realize that he has help for the hurting. Help for those that are in trouble. Help for those that are in need. And help for those that are without strength. Are we hurting tonight? Spiritually? How's our relationship with God? Jesus, the Bible says, is going to come back like a twinkling of an eye. You know, a blink. That's quick. He can come back just like that. And if he were to show up tonight, how ready are we to go be with him for all eternity? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are 
are able to be the help for the hurting. And Father, we need help, God, all of us that find ourselves in trouble. Father, we need help, God, all those that have needs. We need help here tonight, all those that are without strength. And Father, I pray that we realize that the only one that is sufficient enough, the only one that is adequate enough, the only one that is able to help us, God, is ultimately you. Man's help at best, Father, is not going to get it. Father, they may be sincere. They may have pure motives. But, Father, it's still all for naught. Anybody that knows anything knows that we have to point everybody to you, O oh God. Because, Father, you are the power source. You are our provider. You are the one that is able to help us with all our troubles. You're the one that is able to see us through and meet all our needs. And you are our power supply, our power source when we have no strength, God. And Father, I pray that we would examine ourselves and we'd be real, God. And Father, that we'd steady be ready, God, for your coming back for us. Let us, Father, live to our utmost, God. Strive to, Father, be holy for you are holy. And to love you, God, and serve you. And to do all that you've called us to do, God. Let your will be done in our lives. As we acknowledge that you have help for all of us that are hurting here tonight. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You want to spend a few moments with the Lord? These altars are open here tonight.